business of being a business is not simple, nor easy. Often companies need professional, legal, real estate, recruitment, or educational services to help them do what they do. This podcast is for and about those businesses who deliver those services. My name is Sarah Paul, and this is Blazing Business Trails. And my name is Corvinda Hari. Together, along with industry experts, analysts, and people from these business services sectors, we'll be looking at key challenges and trends for those within professional, legal, real estate, recruitment, or educational services, and more. We'll be talking about what the future holds for this sector and how can it adapt. Kelly and I are joined today by Damien Devlin, Regional Vice President, Business Services at Salesforce, and we've also got Nick Mays, who's a senior analyst from technology. Welcome, both Nick and Damien. Hello, Sarah. Great to meet you. And uh, thanks for inviting me on to today's podcast. Thanks, Sarah. Uh, Great to be on today's podcast. Nick, I'm going to turn to you first. What would you say will be the key trends in 2021? This, I think, has been the year that the the business case for for many areas of technology, from from remote working through to, to process automation, through to cloud computing, um, this has been the year that those cases have really hit home. And what I think we're going to see over the next next three to six months is an awful lot of business services firms say, okay, this is the way we're going to work from, from now on. What are the, the policies, the processes, and the tools that, that we need to make this a lasting strategy rather than just a quick fix? So, I think the next next six months or so is absolutely going to be a, a period of rebuilding with a digital first strategy at the core. What about well-being as well? Is that key going to be key going forwards? It, it is absolutely going to be key. Um, I, I mean, particularly in, in areas like professional services, it's mm-hmm. a people business. And companies you know, live or die by how they attract and, and retain the, the best talent. And I think... You know the the big homeworking experiment that we've we've all been through over uh, over the last few months has raised a lot of new new questions about how you ensure the the health and well being of your your workforce remotely. And um, Damien, over to you. Um, if we home in on people, are we seeing that the future of recruitment is the future of jobs? Are we entering a reskilling revolution? Yes, uh, absolutely, we are. I mean, I think I've seen a, a, a statistic just the other day of fifty percent. Of UK workforce is is looking to to reskill um, post COVID and, and during COVID, I would say as well. So a lot of and we're seeing this within Salesforce as well, and, and across a lot of our customers in the UK, where you know, especially in business services, um, it's important now to be developing and honing soft skills as well as hard skills. So you know, what around collaboration, communication, um, di- digital um, collaboration, and things like that. So it's going to be a big push towards that. Nick, you did mention about your professional services, doing some survey or research currently on that. Uh, yeah, so, um, I mean, for us, professional services is is quite a broad umbrella term for, for a market that encompasses a lot of different areas. So accountancy, consulting, architecture, IT professional services. Um, it's also a very broad church in terms of digital maturity. And the survey we've undertaken recently um, takes a look at where organisations are today and where they'll need to to get to 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 survive and and indeed thrive in sort of three four five years um, down the line. 
And as I said before, you know, professional services organizations are, are people businesses. And, and we think this, um, you know, the ability to, to attract and retain the best talent is going to be absolutely paramount to, um, uh, to their success going forwards. I think one of the big trends that we will see is that more and more professionals will, will opt to work on a, a freelance or, or a part-time basis. And we're expecting a, a, a huge surge in the use of you know, what you might call talent matching platforms that are able to intelligently identify the best person to work on a particular project based on their past experience, their domain knowledge, their availability. And, and one thing that's been very surprising for us in the survey we've done is, is how quickly some of these platforms are already growing. Damien, so, you know, at Salesforce, clearly you've been supporting lots of customers during the last six, seven months, particularly as they've been in lockdown. But specifically in recruitment, what trends have you been seeing? What conversations have you been having specifically with senior executives in some of the leading UK recruitment companies? Um, and I think that the role of the recruiter is going to change, Kelly, as well. You know, I think there's an onus in them to work with education um, institutions and learning bodies and, and they need to be able to not just look for the next uh, placement but they need to look to, to guide and enable candidates on career journeys so beyond just one placement so the whole blended skills um, requirement is, is one that they're going to have to deal with so I think that's a key role for them to play going forward. And that whole process of engaging with the recruiter going through that interview process going into a panel seeing the eyes of the people that are interviewing you are absolutely critical for for any candidate. So how, how are organisations looking to replicate or reproduce that, that scenario with their candidates? Because there's only so much you can do on Zoom, right, Damien? I mean, they can, or, or, or Google Meet. Absolutely. I think it's a blend, uh, to answer your colleague. And I think it's really about, and if you look at uh, Page Group, um, doing this very successfully, using uh, the Salesforce platform at the moment. It's really about consistent, relevant communication with, with candidates before and after uh, placement. So I think they call it life cycle messaging. Um, and that's really about focus and um, building the relationship based on, on data and past interactions, you know. So, you know, behavioral content through listening. So if you're analyzing email or web behavior, conversations uh, with consultants around information. So it really helps inform the messaging and the engagement. So you're adding value at every point. So yes, that intimate kind of one-on-one -on -one phone call or, or video conferencing is important, but we need to be able to use the tools to, to look at all the kind of data sources and sentiment and, 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 and behaviors that are going on. And I think that consistency across all channels and being able to capture that is going to give a much more positive experience to, to the candidates. What about trust as well? I mean, trust is very much embedded in, into our values and, and culture at Salesforce. How key is, is trust uh, for our clients? Uh, another area is, is kind of resilience uh, and looking at how resilient our people and our organisations can be. And certainly in the business services team here in the UK, we've led a number of workshops recently. Uh, we piloted uh, with the leadership team, first of all, to see not only how resilient we were internally as an organisation, with each other, but also how we would handle more challenging conversations with customers out there. You know, we've got to be empathetic. Uh, we've got to, you know, show humility um, during these 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 more uh, challenging times. 
Um, so I think that that's very important, the resilience part. So people are, are critical. Yeah. And I would pick up on that as well, Sarah. I, th- I think trust is a, is a really important um, uh, topic as, as part of a, a wider theme that we're seeing in, in, the, in the business services sector. Um, you know, th- this is a marketplace where many areas like professional services have always been geared around, you know, traditional kind of inputs centric models, time and materials. I think particularly as we move to, to remote working as a standard for many people in our world, then we're going to have to, to, to incentivize people to work in and, and think in different ways. So it's, it's not about, you know, what time you punch in and, and clock out or the number of numbers of hours on your, uh, you know, your weekly timesheet. It's going to be more about the, the value that you deliver to the customer. Um, it's going to be about, you know, getting your employees to rate their experience, not just in a one-off annual survey, but, you know, on a, on a much more dynamic rolling basis. Um, because I, I think that's, that's the way we're going to have to think about the world from now on. Yeah, and as we're thinking differently as well, I guess we're not all companies can, can fit, can do everything, can they? So what about partnerships? Uh, where does that come into play in the future? It's an interesting one, Sarah, and it's, it's something that came up certainly in our, uh, our work in, in the professional services space. Um, you know, we're seeing the traditional kind of walls around the industry being broken down all the time. So if you look at, you know, the, the legal services space, for example, the number of new entrants who've, who've come in from all different corners of the market, be it, you know, business consulting, be it, you know, online specialists, um, uh, this is really, uh, I think, opening up the possibilities for cross-sector, intra-industry uh, collaboration. And there are some some really interesting examples of this at play, I think, already in sectors such as manufacturing, where you have, you know, so many different stakeholders collaborating around topics like connected car. I think we're going to start to see this replicated in in the professional services world, particularly as you know our, our business becomes more and more automated going forwards. Let's let's look a little bit further ahead. Let's look beyond twelve months or eighteen. So, but... You remember, as as we were growing up, we all watched Back to the Future, right? So put yourself in the DeLorean and and wind the clock forward for a a few years. What does does business services look like in four years' time, five years' time? Yeah, uh, I I think, I mean, if I had to pick out one, the one um, theme that's going to change, change the sector for good, it would be automation. Um, I think we've we've barely scratched the surface uh, as an industry in terms of how automation can be applied, not 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 in a not to the um, you know to the extent that that lots and lots of jobs are being are being taken out, but as a support to to professional workers, you know if I look at the the legal sector for example, you know you look at the experience of a, a junior graduate lawyer coming up through the ranks, and you think of the hours and hours that they spend. Reviewing, reviewing documents uh, to cut their teeth in, in, in firms. Imagine if you could take away a lot of that work. Um, it's going to make that particular employer much more attractive to, um, to the talent coming, uh, coming out of the university. So uh, I, I think automation is going to be absolutely critical just to taking out, you know, not just the, the back and middle office drudgery that we, we all have to go through in terms of, you know, scheduling, timesheets, expenses, all that kind of stuff. Well, where we've we've already made a lot of progress already, but in terms of how we create new services and how we interact with the customer as well, 
Well, there's a couple of things to spring to mind. I, I, I spoke to a couple of customers last week and, and, and one of them said something really interesting to me. And they said, even though they're a large business, what they've started to do now is think like a startup. And I really like that. I was like, what do you mean by thinking like a startup? And they go, well, you know, we moved to working from home almost overnight. We've done that already. We've been that creative. You know, they talked about doing 90-day sprints around business planning and strategy because they couldn't look beyond that. Now, I know you're looking into the future, but we don't know what the future is going to be. I thought we, we thought COVID would be over before it was over. We had Brexit just before that. But we've had three or four years in the UK economy that's been really kind of, kind of challenging. So I think, you know, I thought that was a very refreshing thing to hear from this business who's been 150 years old, thinking like a startup, being agile, you know, giving their consultants the ability to, you know, to have that agile work desk to be able to pivot when needed. And, and, and the whole thing around, you know, using innovation. And I, I know Nick talked about automation. And I, know that, I think another one, you know, if you're looking 12, 18 months, you know, that predictive side, the insights, the artificial intelligence, and being able to, 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 to be able to see what's coming down the road. For example, if we look at property and, and planning, you know, how, how will property developers know, know strategically what's coming up, what's in the pipeline and where, where residential uh, property builders are going to build next? Because, you know, we, we've talked about, and we heard about 15-minute cities and, and people looking at the village and, and the town more than the cities going forward. So it's going to be interesting um, to see that. And um, I think just generally speaking, the whole um, discussion around uh, customer uh, int- intimacy is going to be really important um, for any business service uh, type of business and um, getting closer and making more valuable um, um, engagements with with the customers that they've uh, worked hard to, to win and, and, and to nurture that relationship as best they, as best they can in the future. Sure. And, and I think, you know, you talk about intimacy there, and that's a really, really interesting point because I think unless you do understand your customer, regardless of the market conditions or the environmental conditions, you truly don't know what's in their minds or top of their uh, focus areas for the, for, for the foreseeable future. So, Nick... How do you stay on top of that intimacy with your with your customers? I know at Salesforce we have we have our own methodologies and we have our own interactions and and our and our own goals on a daily, weekly basis. But how do you stay on top of uh, intimacy? We're very aware customers don't want a five year view. Now they want to know what the next quarter is going to be like because that that's their their level of visibility right now. So. Um, you know, we can only ever get that through regular interaction with uh, with our customers to understand, you know, what, what the pressing problems are. And they're changing on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, I think also just on that, Cully, that there's, there seems to be a move um, away from, you know, the typical supplier relationship. And I think when we talk about customer intimacy, I think we're looking more at kind of a partnership agreement and, and that mutuality on, on both sides, both teams, both businesses. Um you know, there is a place for digital. There is a place for for account based marketing and, and relationships and engagement within accounts as well. So there's some blended blended engagement. We're going to see much more of this. Let's leave our clients and customers or listeners with a couple of takeaways. Uh, can I go to you first, Nick? What would you say was the key takeaway? If the organisations are thinking about the future today, what can we feed them as as uh, something positive to look forward to in the future? Yeah, I mean, I think that there's never been a, a better time to, to pause and, and to, to rethink, you know, fundamentally where, where you want your business to go and, and, and what you want it to be. 
um, you know, the, the dust is settling on, on, on what's happened over, over the last, last few months. You know, I think most business services organizations have, you know, made some miraculous progress in, in putting some, as I say, quick fix solutions in, in place to, to enable things like, uh, like remote working. But I, I do think it's now's the time to, 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 to hit the reset button to, to start to think about, you know, what are the building blocks we need to, to put in place to give us the, the agility um, and the speed which we're going to need going forwards to uh, to win, you know, not just in terms of the customer, but in terms of, of attracting and, and keeping the best talent as well. Yeah, great. And Damien, have you got a, a, a takeaway for, your, for our listeners? I did like what Nick said there, but I, I, you know, you do hear a lot of negativity out there, but I do think for business services, there's a huge opportunity to go after, to evolve right now. And, you know, my feeling is every business needs to become a technology business, you know, from prop tech to ed tech, even though there could be even legal tech coming soon. So, you know, that need for more data and insights has definitely been fast-tracked. And, you know, businesses really do want to come out of the pandemic and post-Brexit um, stronger and leaner, faster and uh, more profitable. And, um, you know, I would say, you know, don't take a, sh- you know, or take a shortcut rather, uh, don't go it alone. There's use the networks out there that these business service uh, businesses have and others are getting it right out there. So there's a real, huge opportunity to collaborate and share and you know not to become inward looking now is the time to to, to look to the networks and and, and see what others are doing well that was really interesting thank you very much uh, nick mays a senior analyst from technology and damien devlin regional vice president for business services salesforce uh we've certainly gained a lot of insights uh, from you to leading to the future uh so thank you very much Join us next week to discover more about trust and its importance in the complex business services relationships. We'll be looking at how trust can be developed and nurtured with customers and what can be done to inspire it. We'll be joined by Marco Amtrano, Head of Clients and Markets at PwC UK and Richard Metcalf, Senior Regional Vice President, Business Services UK and Ireland from Salesforce to give us their views to discuss and explore trust. I'm Corvin Dahari. And I'm Sarah Paul. This is Blazing Business Trails. A business services podcast brought to you by Salesforce.